When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For Hijaz, halal home loans and investments with Hijaz. Australia versus Pakistan on SEN Test Cricket. Oh. Around the wicket, Warner goes for one outside the off stump and he carved it away through cover. Jamal approaches from the Paddington and he finds the edge oh. of Warner and it's put down at first slip. Oh, oh no. Oh. Caught it slip, yes. Yes, it is caught it slip. Salman gets Warner again. David Warner, in acknowledgement with his hand of the members as he leaves. Slipping a gully, Kawaja pulling, and it's a shout. They want it upstairs. Coffee, there's contact between glove and ball. You can hear John Wilson. Decision. He picks up Usman Kawaja for 47. Bowls here, Short Smith takes it on, finds the gap, gets it out, four. I still think that will be a result in this game. At the moment, for spinners, there is a help. If you put a ball in the right areas, there is some assistant and I think it will be more during the test match goes on. The scourge of Sydney's January weather strikes again, thwarting the second day's play. Matters are intriguingly poised. Pakistan has runs on the board. Australia has wickets in hands. Where does it take us next? The umpires have come to speak to Shan Masood between overs. Don't take them off. They're going to take them off for light. Yep. No. There's 20,000 plus people here. I'm booing as well. Listen to the crowd in the background. In all of what's going on around the discussions for Test Cricket is that it has to help itself. And such moments do nothing to help this form of the game. I love cricket, but I'm not coming back tomorrow if I'm in the crowd and they're going to do this. This is lunacy. Now, a broken light meter is ridiculous. Like, they just need to have a backup in the room and just go, OK, let's check that, let's measure it. So that's a bit embarrassing. I mean, unless you can replicate the sun, I'm not really sure what it is. You can try playing pink ball, but pink ball's not the same as red ball. Yeah, I think that's been a wake-up call for everyone. Throughout the whole period that the Big Bash has been, been around, we've, we've always prioritised international cricket, always prioritised test cricket, and we will always do that. Um, but I think you know, this has shone a light. The archaic conventions of Test cricket prove the game's worst enemy. As far as the future of the format goes, Australia's administrators seem committed to addressing the current crisis. We'll get the players' perspective with Todd Greenberg. This is SEN Test Cricket. Live across Australia and around the world, welcome to SEN Test Cricket. Half a day lost to bad light and rain, so this test match hasn't really taken shape yet. That will happen on day three, Jane McGrath Day, where the ground and its patrons are decked out in pink. And the social meaning of this test match really plays out before us. Jared Waitley with you, SEN Test Cricket for Host Plus and Henley Homes, build with confidence. 
Pakistan 313, Australia 2 for 116. In amongst all of that, there's the case of the found baggy greens, the broken light meter and the dead spot on the pitch. So it takes us in all sorts of different directions. Simon Caddish, good morning to you. Good morning, Jared Flem and all our listeners. Damien Fleming, welcome. Jared Caddo, listeners, intrigue. Whose position would you take if you're offered it today? Would you take the 313 on the board or would you take the promise of two for 116? Uh, I'm still back in the Aussies. Still back in the Aussies. Uh, I, I haven't been down there for a look. I, I, Simon Cadditch said it deteriorated so much from day one to day two. But because we lost half a day and covers were on the pitch, I don't think it's going to be significantly worse. And then I don't think we've got a hard baking day. I think it's a nice day. Hopefully no rain and no light issues. So I'm going Aussies, Jared. Okay, Kat, you have been down there for Rainbird Leader in Irrigation for more than 90 years. I had a quick peek as well. There's a lot of cracking. Yeah, there is. And that's something that uh, had they played the full day yesterday and had been more sunshine, it would have really opened up. I was surprised at how a couple of them have opened up so much. And that one we've talked about sort of halfway down, which the quicks have hit a few times, there's another one closer to our end here at the Paddington. So what sort of length would that be for oh, a faster bowler? A perfect length for Pat Cummins. Hazelwood Cummins. It hasn't opened up just yet, but I reckon another it day's will. time it will. So that patch we were looking at on day one, yeah. which had grass, bear, grass, bear, the bear has cracking in it now on a good length. And, and for Stark, that's about a bounce of length, isn't it? So they could hit that and could fly or just run along the ground. Um, for right-handers coming around the wicket, um, that's in the game, particularly to lefties. So there's just going to be enough natural variation on, on a pitch that's slow. So batsmen have got a bit more time. Um, but I like how we're talking about it, unless it turns into a minefield. I, I like how we're talking about a different pitch to the, to the drop-ins. Do you think... 450 is a reality for a batting side on what you're looking at in this innings? Oh, I think if they get 450, they've done very well. <laughs> yeah. Because I think Pakistan will feel if they can knock these two over, you know, for less than 20 or 30, they'll probably think, you know what, we're in the game. Because it is turning, and we know yeah. that Australian middle order is going to play aggressively, so they can always offer up opportunities. So I think, yeah, Pakistan will feel that... You know, if they get a couple early, they, they can keep Australia to 350. Now, I was thinking about this last night. It's intriguing because, um, you know, Marnus and, and Stephen Smith are not going to open it up scoring-wise like a lot of players, but they're just going to wear down, wait for the bad ball. So if they're not dismissed, I think it'll be a slow day again. But if we lose a wicket, then get Travis Head... Um, and then Mitchell Marsh, if they get going, then it's Jamal-like strike rate and then accelerating the game. But they're going to play shots. You know, the opportunity to get a wicket for Pakistan is increased. So, for me, there's a lot of intrigue um, in today's play. And don't forget whether Hassan Ali can bowl. Because if they're a quick down, then they're going to have to rely on a spinner tying up an end. And then the quicks just rotating because they're only down to two then. And the concern for them is um, Selman looks a better off spinner than Sajid. Yeah. Just looking at it, um, Selman's getting more turn. He's bowling more accurately. Um, I'd be bowling him a lot more. Just make the call today. Yep. Our pre-match is for Spitwater Tools, not toys, working hard since 1982. The, the frustration of yesterday magnified with Ben Horn's story that we were operating with a broken light meter 
And so it was the call was made on gut feel. Gut feel. And this is the, the whole problem with Test cricket is instead of using every excuse to play, it feels like it defaults to every excuse to stop. And so there was every reason to forge on yesterday because there wasn't an empirical measure to take you off, and they went off anyway. That's a very good summary, Jared. <laughs> no, that is. Yeah. We find reasons not to play. Um, and even putting it on Pakistan, they had the option. It sounds like they had the option to bowl two spinners. Why wouldn't you play, play two, bowl two spinners on a pitch like this? They're two batsmen that aren't going to take the game away. And we saw with the dismissal of Warner that there's there's natural variation in this pitch. Um, but no, you know, how can that happen? I think Bryce might have said this morning, well, why don't they have two or three yeah. light metres? Are you kidding me? This is a billion-dollar sport. It was definitely darker in the middle patch of Boxing Day at the MCG. No question it was darker. And but if you're hanging with two on. spinners, it can lighten a little bit. Yeah. Okay, now you can bring a quick on. But we don't have that option when they're off. And the problem is that impacts the tactics. So Pakistan, with a quick down, you can't blame them for thinking, oh, that doesn't really suit us because they might not have wanted to bowl two spinners, particularly with Smith just coming to the crease. And given how Sajid was going... I can understand if they were a bit reluctant to. And then that, that's a byproduct of Hassan Ali being off the, off the field. It's totally intolerable for the 30,000 paying customers. Oh, I'm here. not disagreeing. Yeah, yeah. No, not at all. I mean, it's... We yeah. never come up with answers. We go pink ball, but if it's not a pink ball test, you can't chuck a pink ball out there. Yeah, so it I, behaves differently. The, um, yeah, the left field idea is to, uh, in cases of bad light, which I will say in this country only ever happens here, it seems... <laughs> is to introduce a pink ball for a period of time. But yeah. you think that changes the playing conditions Yeah, I mean, Usman talked about it as well. It's, it, it's just a different ball. And um, we see in the pink ball test, there's at least three to six millimetres more grass, you know, on the pitch, isn't there, than, than a red ball one. Um, but I, I, I just... It happens every year, and as you said, it generally happens here, but we've got no no um, option. I mean, we've turned the lights on, so it's not pitch black, is it? No. Well, the lights had been on for bulk of that middle session, I think, if not all of it. So it was strange that after, what was it, about 10 past two when they called it off, or came off, it felt like they'd the been out there. On. Yeah. Well, lunch was at what, 12.30? Yeah, so... Yep. So they went back on at 1.10. So they've been playing for pretty much an hour in the same conditions. Yep. That's what didn't make sense. And we sacrificed 45 minutes of play before the, the rain hit. Um, and then there, there's no alternative thereafter. No, we, 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 there's no complaints with rain, but no. that 45 minutes. But if this happened again today, what's the solution? Um, what, if it happens again in 12 months' time, what's the solution? Yeah, and so that's what it feels like to me. We get to these moments, we all thump the desk, but no one with any clout does anything. And so it happens again the following year is that day one last year, they went off for light here. It was inexplicable at the time. It happened again yesterday. So the same, the same scenario for crowds and people here and for the game, and nothing was done from one year to the next. How there's not I mean, an edict is yeah. if there is any possibility to play, play. Test cricket must play. Yep, yep. And, um, but the problem is we were talking about the countdown clock too between overs. I'm going, well, when's it become urgent? Yeah. There's no urgency. So this is another one. When does it become urgent? You know, what, what's the tipping point here? 
Because um, we're way it, beyond the tipping point with Test cricket. Aren't well, we? well, well, for crowds, for commentators, hopefully players to a degree. You know, if this is not the tipping point now in the week that we're talking about franchise cricket taking over Test match cricket, and we'll only end up with three Test playing uh, countries. Um, then when is the tipping point? Mm. It's now. It's the and and the and the um, countdown clock between overs. Yeah. The leadership in cricket is just either accidentally asleep on the wheel or more sinister than that. It is, it's, it's deliberate neglect. Can we get Caddo into a position of power? We've been trying to do that for years. He stays with us. Look at him. Look at him just... <laughs> yeah. He's very calculated here. <laughs> He's eyeballing away to me. I'm not totally comfortable with. Correct. But he's in. Correct, Flip. And <laughs> <laughs> um, Dave Warner's baggy greens have been found. Wow. Yeah, so no detail around that. This is his post on Instagram just a short time ago. Hi, everyone. I am pleased and relieved that I've got my baggy back in my hands. Um, any cricketer knows um, how special uh, their cap is, and I'll cherish this for the rest of my life. I'm uh, very grateful to all those involved um, in locating it. The Qantas team, um, the freight company, uh, the hotel, and our own team management. It's a load off my shoulders going to the last couple of days. Um, really appreciate it, so thank you all. So where have the baggy greens been? <laughs> <laughs> that's why we have Pete Law a little later on. But that, that, that's great yeah. because uh, what an awful circumstance to unfold ahead of this major celebration. And you, you guys have told us how much it means to you as cricketers. Yeah, huge relief. And given that uh, David Warner's baggy green cap of 112 tests can never... It's irreplaceable. You can get given a new one, but it's not the same. So nothing's ever going to replace that. But, uh, yeah, great news for uh, Warner. Yep, yep. Still interested in the whole story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really, really <laughs> layers to... behind that, don't we? We were talking Hollywood movies, the Mike Whitney story last night, and then John Dyson's catch was just a Netflix, you know, episode. Dave Warner's Baggy Green, his last test, could be a little episode. It's a short film. Short film. It's maybe a sort of a nine-minuter. From, from, <laughs> from the Baggy Green's perspective. Exactly. P-O-V, you know, getting zipped up into green. the Qantas thing and, <laughs> oh, I'm home, I'm going home, I'm playing, I'm in my last test. And, oh, hi, Dave. Oh, you're not Dave. Where's Dave? <laughs> uh, oh, I'm happy to voice uh, that Baggy Green. Too. <laughs> <laughs> Best theories on the journey of the Baggy Green. We're open to you. 0433981116. Pete Lawler will be sleuthing all of that out, so he'll join us uh, as the first day unfolds. Um, ben Horn wrote the story this morning that there is a pecking order behind the scenes for the opener. Now, if it's a specialist opener, Marcus Harris remains the number one choice. He has been for a long time. He's been with these squads as the reserve opener. When Renshaw was in the squad, he was a middle-order batter, and Bancroft hasn't been. So if they choose, and they no guarantee to choose the specialist opener, it's... Ben says it's going to be Harris. What do you think? Yeah, well, that makes sense. They've been consistent with, you know, all the messaging around that and in terms of selections. Even with the whole, you know, discussion around Lance Morris playing the first test at Perth Stadium, you know, it wasn't guaranteed that he was next man in because of Scott Boland's form in the last sort of 12 months or 18 months since he came in the test team. So that seems pretty consistent with how they've operated and making sure that, you know, no one just seems to leapfrog another player based on, 
speculation and media talk and, and public sentiment, they've had a pretty clear idea of who they've you know, valued as that next in line in a certain role, which all of that seems to add up. Yeah, I think with Lance Morris in Perth, it was a groin issue to Mitchell Stark, and they see him as the you know the quicker, skiddier reverse swing bowler. If it was a taller bowler than Scott Boland, would have been the backup there. Uh, no problems. Marcus Harris being a permanent twelfth man, I, I probably would have leaned towards Bancroft personally. I think he's improved significantly, but um, they're all about the same. And what I love about Harris, Renshaw, Bancroft, get dropped, go back, score mountain of runs. They just keep their name up there. The one query there is just who come up with the idea of Matt Renshaw batting in the middle order? <laughs> yes, yeah. You know, like they've done 90% right. And when he batted six here in this test match, we're thinking, oh, well, it's a one-off. Get him in and he might open once there's a thing in. He played ahead of Travis Head in that first head. So whoever come up with that idea had an absolute shocker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. History will bear that out. Now, if it's based on the big bash where he has improved as a player and he plays spin quite well, laps, normal sweep, slog sweep, but we know, Caddo, the pitches in the bash are just flat. You can trust the, the pace and the bounce. How that correlates to being a middle-order player in India with balls bouncing up, keeping low, uh, spin at both ends, Ashwin, Jadeja. It's totally bizarre. Yeah, you cannot compare the two. They're absolute chalk and cheese. But well, that sounds like what's happened. Yeah, no, you're right. So Harris is the pick of the openers. That doesn't discount green opening. And then the more intriguing idea is Pete Lawler's managed this underground movement to get this going with the help of Shane Watson is the notion of Steve Smith opening the batting. Could you could you envisage that? I could, yeah. And the reason I could is because it's been sort of put, would this challenge for him be something that stimulates him? And I think it would because his best numbers in Test cricket have been at numbers three and four. And I think that little flat patch he had a couple of years ago when he was at four and Australia were piling on the runs. I think it was against Pakistan when Warner and Labashane and they're all just cashing in. And... Steve Smith was basically coming in 300 yeah. runs on the board. He wasn't that enthused. And that's the thing about great players. They need a challenge. And that might could that could well be the thing that sort of fires him up for this back part of his career because there's already been speculation about how much more test cricket he's going to play. And he's mastered those roles there. Is this a challenge for him? And then it allows them that flexibility to have someone, if they are viewing Cameron Green as a long-term test pro- prospect, which I think... They have to be because Manus Labuschagne is the youngest player in this team at 29. So they've got to have that balance between winning now, but also what could this team look like and how is it going to have to be structured in two, three years' time. Yeah, I mean, it, it is an option. We saw him in the big bash. He got himself out of the Australian T20 team and saw with Finch retiring, there's a, there's a spot opening. So he opened for the sixes, consecutive hundreds, and it was just... It lit up the BBL. It needed it. Um, so it, it, it could be a possibility because I think we'll, we'll need another opener. You know, Usman, you know, maybe the end of next year. Like, how long does he keep going? So there's, we, you know, within 18 months, we're going to, these two won't be opening. Um, so if Smith uh, goes up or it's Green or it's Harris straight away, there's going to be another opener within 12, 18 months. 
Simon Kaddish and Damien Fleming, our experts for in-place living, creating homes for people to create memories. The first ball at 10 o'clock today as we make up the time for yesterday. So well, just give me a quick thought. What, what happens? You're, you're pretty good at... You're pretty good on forecasting what oh, happens. It's, it's a, a guess, Jared, because yeah. anything's possible. Uh, look, I think Australia will try and bat the day. Yeah, I'm not sure whether it can happen, though, because mm. it's an extended day. And if these two are out in the first session, I'll, I'll see us being aggressive, but I'm not sure we'll bat the whole day. Yeah, I sort of know what Smith and Labuschagne are going to do. I, I, I'm, I'm excited about Head and Marsh. Um, and how quickly they can score and put the um, pressure back on the Pakistan bowlers. But but if I'm the Pakistan coaching staff, I'm going, well, they're going to play in their shots. It's it's There's inconsistent bounce. The ball that got worn, eh? Dave was really disappointed. That was a almost an unplayable ball, that. Um, if they do that to, to Marsh uh, and Head, I don't think we can score that many runs. I'm not backing our tail to score a lot of runs. So this... I keep using that word. word. There's a lot of intrigue yeah, going yeah. into this, day three. This can get really tricky really quickly. And the 86-run stand for the 10th wicket could be a defining aspect of the test match. Our pre-match is for Spitwater. Tools, not toys. Working hard since 1982. We'll get the view inside the Australian camp with Alex Carey. Coming up next, SEN Test Cricket is for Hijaz Halal Financial Services.